Do you hear what I hear? Hey weirdos, I'm Zookeeper Deidre and welcome to Weird Animal Facts Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. If you are an adult, welcome! If you're a child, uh, do your parents know what you're up to? As this podcast is for the mature wannabe inside all of us. But the adults, the adults, not, not kids. And furthermore, welcome to our final episode into the five senses. Over the last four weeks, we have felt the amazing feeling abilities of the star nose mole and fire beetle. Touch me. I want to feel dirty. We have looked deep into the eyes of the hawk and cat. I've got the eyes of the tiger, got the side of the hawk. Tasted the tongues of the snakes and catfish. I want to know what tongues are. I want you to taste me. And last week, we sniffed out crime with the elephant and kiwi. Nose is for the way you smell, my bar. Which brings us to the best sense for podcasting. Do Do you hear what I hear? Without your hearing, you would not be able to listen to me gabbing, 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 gabbing right now. Then again, if you are as deaf as Beethoven or my grandfather and have to resort to reading my poorly grammatical airs of the transcript, well, good on you for challenging yourself and furthering your education. But without the ability of hearing, you are missing out on me literally butchering scientific words to such an extreme that, uh, well, each day I fear that Charles Darwin and Stephen Hawking will return from the grave just to put me in it. However, though, my speech imperfection may be saved if I just go the Stephen Hawking route and talk, you know, like him. Welcome to Weird Animal Facts, Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross and often time-disturbing facts about animals. Rhinolophus ferumequinum, Rhinolophus hippocyderos, Galerimelonel, Atriobricel. The ears! We loved them during the concerts of our youths, and then regretted exposing our ears to such vile sounds of the devil once we've reached the age nearer to death. Then, you soon realize that without music, you'd have no soul. So, if that means going deaf by the time you're 40, rock on! While us humans use our ears for killer tunes and ignoring our significant others, animals use their hearing for survival. Although some may say that ignoring their wife is a form of survival. This is war, man! And the two animals of today, some could argue that they use their hearing to survive the other. Moths and bats. In the Great War of Life, there has been a battle going on for centuries. Or more accurately, millennia. Just outside your bedroom window at night. For years, the bats and moths have been at war. The moths clinging for survival and bats soaring for their dinner. Fun fact! According to evolutionary research and fossil records, moths are way older than bats. While moths have been around for, I don't know, about 200 million years, the bats have only been looking for food for about 50 million years. But since the dawn of bats those 50 million years ago, there has been great peril among the moth community as they do their best to survive. And the war comes down to the ears. Well, and words. Or more like bat words? Where is she? 
think of the top predators of the world. I'm sure you're probably thinking of tiger, an owl, and maybe even an alligator. To become the envy of any self-conscious man, and for them to idolize these animals and attempt to embody them, the creature that they're trying to embody must be an elite predator who is silently stalking their prey. A tiger hides in the tall grass as it makes small, silent adjustments to their feet for the best position of attack. An owl sits still in the tree in the dead of night as they listen for their meal, then swoops in without a sound. And an alligator waits with the patience of Judy Green waiting for her crew to take off in the water until the food swims in front of them. It is known that the famous predators of envy hunt silently so that their prey does not hear a peep. Well, the bat, on the other hand, um, hunts like this. <laughs> then again, I have known some men who subconsciously channel their inner bat in search for survival. Luckily for our pathetic human ears, we can't hear the incessant battle cries of the bat, or moth for that matter. In fact, if we could hear at such a frequency, it should sound something like this. This audio recording has been adjusted for your human ears. And if you are reading this transcript right now, I am sorry as you don't get to truly experience the beauty. But being deaf can be a blessing at times. And if you are reading this transcript because you can't hear and would like to know just how your ears are supposed to work, or if you are a fully hearing individual and missed out on a weird yet very educational episode of Magic School Bus, then let us take a moment to understand how the ears function. Time to learn! Do you remember in Jurassic Park when the power goes out during the storm and Dr. Grant and Jeff Goldblum are sitting in the Jeep and then the camera zooms in on that plastic cup of water sitting on the dashboard and the water in the cup starts to ripple in response to the steps of the T-Rex? That's how sound works. Think of the T-Rex's footsteps as your wife yelling at you from across the supermarket to stop before you knock over the cantaloupe display. The shrill shouting cry of your partner releases fast-moving waves from her mouth. Now you, as a deep-voiced husband, must shout back at her to remind your wife that just because you knocked over the toilet paper display that one time does not mean it will happen every single time. You think I'm a goddamn child, Helen? Let me live my fucking life. Your sound waves, due to your deep voice, are farther apart. Therefore, sounds different to the judging faces of the other shoppers as they all watch and wonder how this drama will unfold. Ultimately, sound waves are vibrations, just like the ripples of the water cup in Jurassic Park. Um, I thought, dude, I thought we were talking about hearing. This sounds like you're talking about sound. Sounds like you're talk talking about sound. Exactly! Sound is why we need ears. Without sound, then, well then, what's the point of ears? There are three parts to your ear. The outer ear, which is the flappy cartilage part with all the piercings. The middle ear, where the eardrum is. And the inner ear, 
where sound is essentially processed before going to the brain for analysis. Those big satellite flaps on the exterior of your face collects the sound. The bigger the ear, the more sound you collect, like a jackrabbit. Or I get a, bat, a bat. I could just say a bat. This episode about bats. So like a big bat's ears. That would be the ideal animal to talk about. As the sound waves are funneled in from the ear flap, they then go down a tunnel to the eardrum, which looks, it looks like a drum, eardrum. But it's a very thin drum and vibrates to the vibrations of the sound waves that are being heard or collected in from the flap. Because sound is just vibrations. I'm picking up good vibrations. Fun fact, the musician Beethoven continued to write music even as his hearing died. Some say that he would put his ear to the piano as he played so to feel the notes and essentially hear the music. Vibrations! He also used lower pitched notes as he aged as it was easier for his uh, dying ears to hear. With your eardrums now vibrating, that drum then moves the smallest bones in your body that work like a piston, but instead of transferring force, so to make your engine run, the bones transfer the vibrations of the eardrum, like the increasing force from the piston, to a tube that's filled with liquid. Alright, so to start over, the sound waves you hear move your eardrum, that then moves your tiny bones so that those tiny bones poke a tube that just so happens to be filled with fluid, you know, like water or vodka, and creates actual waves in that fluid. Then, based on how fast or slow those waves move the hair that's inside the tube, a nerve signal is transferred to the brain for final analysis. And there you have it, hearing. And guess what? Bats hear the same way. It's just the noise making part that's different. Oh, and how good they are. They can hear better than us. And before listening to this episode, if you knew one thing about bats, it's probably that they use echolocation. That's the hunting via screaming technique. And yes, bats have excellent hearing. So much so that they don't just listen to the nature's ambience and allow those natural sound waves that paint them an entire landscape of the world around them. Oh no. So you see the bats, they're going to add their own paint to the world via screams. Okay, so bats aren't actually screaming. And now it's time for Actually Actual Facts with me, Ashley. Hey nerds, it's your girl Ashley here with some Actually Actual Facts. And let me just say that bats aren't actually screaming. And actually, not all bats actually use echolocation. Like, think about it. Fruit bats don't eat bugs. That's actually why they're called fruit bats, duh because they actually eat fruit. And fruit bats, they actually don't use echolocation all that much. In fact, they kind of suck at it. Just like vampire bats, fruit bats are actually better with their sight. But that doesn't mean that they have shitty hearing. They just don't necessarily scream. Like they do make sounds. It's the same way we do with vocal cords, duh. But I guess technically bats could actually be screaming, but they probably don't because if you really think about it, it'd be like if you screamed all the time every time that you talked. Like, ugh, that'd be so annoying. It'd be like going to a concert and singing with all the songs, then the next day, after the concert, when you wake up, you find out that you have no voice. 
So bats aren't as stupid as us, obviously. Some bats don't even use their vocal cords and actually just use clicks. Oh, and echolocation is actually seeing location with the use of echoes. That's why bats make noise. Well, not noise we can hear anyways. Like, come on. Next time you're your own research nerds, like, actually. This has been Actually Actual Facts with me, Ashley. See you next time. Bye. So it's echoes. As the bats talk, their sound waves go out and then bounce back to them. And based on what those sound waves hit from a tree to a moth, when those sound waves bounce back and go into the ear, that's an echo. 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 When the bat call returns, it's called an echo. Fun fact. In the world of military uses, echolocation has helped to create and influence sonar in submarines. Double fun fact. Other animals that use echolocation are dolphins, whales, some birds, and even shrews. If you will recall, I did say that there has been a war plaguing on for years, centuries, millennia, between the bats and the moths. And it has all come down to who has the better sonar equipment and skill. Hey there, friends at home. Did you know that a moth can hear? <gasps> what? I know what you're thinking. How can a moth hear without even having ears? Moths have ears? Now those fancy moths might not have those big floppy skin ears like bats, humans, or bunnies, but a moth does in fact have a tympanal membrane. A what? That's basically an eardrum on their thorax, or really any other part of the body depending on the species. Like literally any part of the body. And those ears are actually much simpler than how your ears work. It's so, so simple. So instead of having the complication of the ear flap, funneling the sound into the drum that then moves the tiny bone that then taps the liquid tube and sends the nerve signal to the brain, the moth just has an eardrum that moves air sacs that sends nerve signals to the brain. Like that's it. Pretty simple, right? It's so, so simple. And this simplicity could be why the moth is so damn good at hearing and why they prove such a challenge for the bat rivals. My great bat lord, we have word from the sky. What is it? The moths continue to improve their equipment while we strive to keep pace. But we are not dead. Here I hang free from my grave. True, my bat lord. Yet, we want more moths for dinner. According to your bat peasants and the bat army, the moths, they taste much better. But not all of them. There are those few nasty-flavored ones. Oh, yes, my bat lord. But the word in the sky is that some of the tasty moths are mimicking the calls of the nasty ones who are not to be eaten. What? Since when have the moths developed this trickery? According to the sources of the sky, my great bat lord, they have possessed such trickery for far longer than we wish to admit. First they learned to jam our bat call locator. Now this? And what exactly are we bats doing to defeat these tiny moths? Um, well, well, my bat lord, we, um, uh, uh, we are adapting. Adapting? Is 
Because that's the answer you have for everything. We need to adapt faster and send those moth burritos into the lamp light of death. Yes, my bad lord, although we, we have already been in war for millennia. Do as I say, you bat peasant! The battle between bats and moths have been in existence since bats discovered their need for food. And perhaps because moths have been around much longer than bats, maybe that's why they're better prepared to outwit the bats. How the fuck does a moth outwit a bat? It's a fucking moth! It's like a, a makeup powder puff with wings! Well, first, let's learn a little bit more about sound and how shitty our ears actually are when compared to that of bats and moths. Time to learn! Sound is measured in kilohertz. That's the ripples of the water in the Jurassic Park movie. Humans can hear up to 20 kilohertz. And that's at our ears' healthiest or fittest, meaning every day you're losing your hearing thanks to that pesky devil, old age while bats can hear 150 kilohertz. Okay, but what the fuck does that mean? What it means is that the bats can hear, therefore also talk at frequencies that are about eight times higher than Willie Nelson's dreams. And if you're impressed by that measly number, there is a moth, the wax moth, that can hear up to... 300. 100 kilohertz. That is 12 times better than you. However, more averagely, most moths can hear around 212 kilohertz. Not quite as good as the wax moth, but still 10 times better than you in your youth. Even though moths can hear nearly two times better than bats, it's a wonder why they are still getting eaten by the bats. Let's just say it's probably the stupid ones that get eaten or the ones that aren't very good at hearing. As the moths learn how to make their own calls to either trick the bats into thinking that they are the nasty flavored moths, or the moths learn to make calls so to jam the sonar of the bats, bats have to adapt. And the more the bats adapt, the more important it is for the moths to survive and therefore for them to also adapt. And because of their desperate need to survive, the bats and the moths will continue to adapt and have been doing the same adaptation dance for over 50 million years. Because of their constant adapting, it has actually led to some pretty amazing and wild bats and moths of the world. And this is actually also true for butterflies and plants. Think about all the different plants that are just in your neighborhood alone. Each one of those plants need to be pollinated in order to continue their species to grow. Yet they don't want to be destroyed in that process of pollination. So just like the bats and moths change over many, many generations so to outsmart the other, plants and butterflies do the same thing. There are different types of butterflies that are more adapted to pollinating different types of plants. And because of this butterfly-plant war of don't murder me is why we have such beautiful gardens. It creates diversity. They are all changing over time to be on top. Bats and moths do the same thing. Again, that's why we have so many of them. 1,400 bat species fly around this world. And because there are so many bats, they actually make about 20% of all the mammal species on Earth. That's a lot of bats. But that's nowhere near the number of moth species. Remember, they've been around a lot longer. And there's actually over 160,000 species of moths. 
160,000. That's way more than bats, more than butterflies, and more than the number of hairs on the top of your head. The reason why there are so many species of moths in the world is because there are so many different species of bats. It's because of the bats we have all these amazing animals. And plans, FYI. Because they have to survive, the moths will adapt, and over lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of time, it will create a new species that are then able to outwit the bats who happen to have moths on the menu. But maybe only for a short time, because once the bats learn how to catch up with the moths, they have to change too. They may change their hunting technique. They may learn that these moths are nothing but uh, mimickers who are pretending to be something they aren't. Bats may change the style of their call that they let out, or even the frequency of it so they can hear better. Just like in war, how military officials have to find ways to outwit their opponents, the bats and moths do that too, proving just how truly connected the ecosystem is to one another. Fun fact, another example of this is in Canada. As the snowshoe hare's population declines, so does the Canadian lynxes. They're all intertwined with each other. Nature has a way of balancing things out. And that way is called adaptations. Adaptations, staying alive, staying alive. Adaptations, staying alive, staying alive. Even humans adapt. When the pandemic swept across the world, we had to adapt in order to not only save us, but our loved ones by learning to live in solitude. And many of us finally learned how to have a video chat conversation. Like my mom, who the first time we ever had a video chat, it took her over an hour for me to explain how it works. But now she's great at it. Good job, mom. But you know what? Bats aren't to blame for any of this. So don't blame the bats. Remember, there are over 1,400 species of bats, and that's a lot. And with so many species, they all adapt differently. And seeing that humans are dicks and have to have everything like a bazillion babies and we have to have this land and that land, I want it. Give it to me. It's only a matter of time before we start encroaching into their habitat, which we are, by the way. Hence why the Endangered Species Act is a thing and why it's so important. So instead of acting in fear and murdering these bats or any animal for that matter, we need to learn to coexist with them. Because bats actually saved the U.S. farm industry nearly $4 billion a year on pest control. Yeah, thank you, echolocators. Bats are also the main source of pollination for hundreds of plant species. So that's why it's so pretty outside, because of bats. And bats don't have rabies. I mean, they can get it. I mean, so can you, obviously, because you're a mammal, so that means you can be a vector for rabies. But you're more likely to die from leprosy or even the plague before you die from rabies. So leave the bats alone. As humans, we can be drama queens of the world, especially us Americans. We like to take one thing we overheard at the supermarket and create this long, big, exaggerated story from it. Why do you think Hollywood is the entertainment capital of the world? That's probably where Mothman came from. It is America. Yeah. We like to tell stories. And when we tell stories without checking up on the sources, they can keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, resulting in possibly losing a species. I don't know about you, but as a superhero fan, 
Even if you are on the Marvel train over the DC wagon, we can all agree that without these animals such as bats, panthers, ants, hawks, spiders, we wouldn't have the wonderful entertainment of today. So don't blame the bats and don't scream at moths. The bats and moths are already in their own battle against one another. They don't need one more obstacle of a tall, naked-faced human to try to avoid, too. Just let the bats and moths stay at it. Don't get involved. Just, just stick to your movies and popcorn. Scientific names are hard. I've asked my roommate Emily to write on a sheet of paper, multiple sheets of paper, of four scientific names. We have two moths and two bats. And we are going to be, and I'm going to attempt to read all four of them. And uh, I'm not very good at it. I have a script that I read from, but it's also I'm writing the script, so it's words that I can easily pronounce. These ones are not. They're in Latin. So we are going to start with, let's see, let's start with bats. We have the greater horseshoe bat and the lesser horseshoe bat. We'll start with the greater horseshoe bat. Rhinolophus ferum ferumiculum ferumiculum Yep, that's that's it. That's the greater horseshoe bat. Now let's go to the lesser horseshoe bat, which hopefully has less letters in it. Rhinolophus hippo hippo. <laughs> Hipposiderus. Hipposiderus. It's like a hippo with sideburns. Rhinolupus. It's like a, a rhinoceros wolf with hippo sideburns. That's the lesser, the lesser, the lesser horseshoe bat. Now we're going to go to the food for these bats, starting with the greater wax moth. So remember, the wax moth has the best hearing out of anything. So we'll start with the greater one, which is just bigger than the lesser one. That's how scientists names things. Greater moth, sorry, greater wax moth. Galleria, Galleria, Galleria. Galleria melanella. Galleria melanella. Galleria melanella. That one was easy. Now it's time for the lesser wax moth. Oh, mm. Acroia? Acroia, ac, ace, acroia, acroia, grisella, grisella, acroia, grisella. Are you still listening? Are you still there? If so, that means your ears are still working. And now, since I have your attention, further, I have a surprise for you. This episode may have very well been the wrap-up of our five-week journey into the five senses, but there are a few special animals out there that have a sixth sense. Dun-dun-dun! That's right, next week we will have a bonus sense episode! Whoa, 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 what? But what is it? What are these six senses of these animals? What are they? I see dead people. You have to tune in to find out. And remember to follow the podcast on Instagram for other sneak peeks at WAF Podcast. And to see some amazing pictures of all animals discussed in our episodes. Keep on listening and try to guess what a next week episode is going to be all about. And most importantly, 
Stay weird.